We promise we are not a bunch of stuffy old lawyers saying stuffy old things. You heard that right. This is the Inside to Injury podcast, sponsored by Osterbind Law, PLLC. The podcast that reports to you, Central Virginia, about what's going on in the injury and disability world. We answer all the questions you don't even know to ask. Now, here's your host, Brandon Osterbind. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. This is Brandon Osterbein, your host of the Insight to Injury podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Wow, we have started a podcast. I, I'm a little shocked and excited and uh, confused, and all of the emotions are coming together uh, into one uh, awesome feeling. So thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you here uh, listening to our podcast. And I'll give you a brief introduction of what our goals are in this podcast. And I'll start with uh, the first and most obvious goal. And I, I think this is this is universally true, but also universally neglected. I think that most people want to know who they are hiring as their lawyer, not just as who you are as an attorney, what your accomplishments are, what your amazing things are, and how awesome and great you are, and how you're a super lawyer and you shine uh, when you walk through a room or whatever that might be, all that um, you know garbage that you see in you know, TV shows and on websites and and things like that. But I think people really want to know who their lawyers are. And I I may be completely wrong, but I think that there's more to that than a shiny badge given to you by um, someone who really doesn't know you, but they think that you're pretty awesome because you'll pay them $300 for a plaque. Um, so maybe that's my cynicism coming out, my sarcasm a little bit. I've got a little bit of both. But my gut feeling is that for the most part, people would much rather know who their lawyer are, who their lawyers are, and what they're about uh, in making the decision to hire a lawyer. So, what what better way to allow people a little bit into the mind of a lawyer than to start a podcast? And you know, one of the things I want to talk about on a podcast is. One, who we are uh, at Osterbein Law and who and what we do for people, uh, but also want to dig into some of the particulars about how we do that and the things that that normal everyday people can do to set themselves up for success. One of the one of the things that I've really enjoyed learning how to do over the last twelve years of uh, my legal career is figuring out the best way to take a, an injury case and elevate it to the next level. Uh, And there are some things, some very tangible things that you can do to do that. And most people just don't know because if you've been injured in a car accident or if you've been injured at work or somehow you you get a a disabling disease and you need to um, stop working or whatever it might be, you've never been through that before. You've never seen that process before. So you don't know what to do and what not to do. So one of the goals that I have for this podcast is one, I want you to know who we are at Osterbahn Law. And two, I want you to know some of those things that you need to be thinking about uh, after your uh, trauma or after your disability to make the best legal decisions going forward. 
So obviously we can't answer all of those questions all at once. So this is going to be a bit of a long series going to and from. We'll be talking about a lot of different topics over a period of a long time. But let me get started right with the very first part of the purpose for this particular podcast. Getting to know your lawyers at Osterbein Law, particularly getting to know a bit of a history about me, Brandon Osterbein, um, and why I decided to become a lawyer and why I practice injury and disability law. Well, the story is a long one, but I'll give you the thumbnail version so that you won't go to sleep on me. So if we're starting from the beginning, I really experienced the desire to become a lawyer in high school. I started doing mock trials in high school through the Boy Scouts of America. I was never a Boy Scout. I didn't do the uh, whole scouting experience, but I heard of this program at a large law firm downtown Richmond where these lawyers were getting together with a group of high schoolers and talking about legal concepts and going through the process of a mock trial. And when this mock trial culminated at the very end of the year, we got to do our own mini trial in the circuit courthouse in the city of Richmond, which was pretty awesome. We got to do our own our own trial. I got to be a lawyer. I uh, got to try a case when I was a junior or sophomore in high school. That kind of really got me encouraged and um, ready to go to be a lawyer. Of course, I had a long way ahead of me before I could actually do that. So when I was a senior in high school, I took a class called Legal Systems Administration at the Technical Center, and it, it essentially taught you how to be a legal secretary. And I was probably, if not the only guy, maybe one maybe one of two um, males in an entirely female class, uh, and I learned how to draft documents for attorneys. I learned how to uh, do billing. I learned how to do the mail. I, I learned how to do everything that a legal assistant is supposed to do. And I took that knowledge that I learned in the classroom and I started working for a small law firm, the South Side of Richmond in Chesterfield County. And I started working for that law firm when I was a senior in high school, probably about halfway through my senior year. And that experience really taught me what the real life experience of being a lawyer was all about. I still wanted to do it. So I went to undergrad at Liberty University. I started a mock trial program at Liberty University, and we uh, participated in regional and national mock trial tournaments. And then I decided, of course, as a natural progression to go to law school. And I went to Liberty uh, Law School, and fortunately for me, um, I, I did well at Liberty in law school, not only academically, but also socially. I ended up meeting my wife, uh, Kelly Osterbein, who is now not only my partner in life, but also my partner in law. We got married two weeks before I graduated from law school, probably my crowning achievement of law school right there, uh, certainly married up. Uh, for those of you out there who know Kelly, you know that that is 100% true. And so we got married right before I graduated from law school. I graduated from law school, went into um, hiding so that I can study for the bar exam. Fortunately, Kelly had taken the bar exam a year before I did, so she knew what that was like. She um, helped me, she coached me, she supported me, and got me through one of the hardest exams I have ever taken in my life. And uh, fortunately, by the grace of God, uh, passed the very first time. Right after I took the bar exam, however, I started working 
uh, as a judicial clerk for Judge William G. Petty. Uh, some of you may know Judge Petty. He was the Commonwealth's attorney for the uh, city of Lynchburg for probably 30 years before he became a court of appeals judge. His chambers um, is in Lynchburg. So Kelly was working as a prosecutor in uh, downtown Lynchburg, and I was working as a judicial clerk in Lynchburg. And for two years, that was my gig. And I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. The Court of Appeals handles a very uh, narrow set of cases. We handled uh, criminal cases was the vast majority of the cases that we handled. We also handled domestic relations cases, workers' compensation cases, and administrative appeals. So I learned a lot about those four different bodies of law. And I didn't really know at that point in time that I wanted to be a personal injury and uh, risk of disability lawyer. So I started working for, back then, you have to remember, I graduated from law school in 2008, and that was probably at the lowest of lows for the legal market. No one could find jobs in 2008. Fortunately, Kelly was employed, gainfully employed, loved her job uh, working in the Lynchburg Commonwealth Attorney's Office, um, and I was working for Judge Petting. And from that experience, I ended up uh, getting hooked up with another local firm uh, here in town, and I started working there at a small uh, law firm, general practice law firm in uh, the greater Lynchburg area. And as I started practicing, I was doing everything. I started doing, I did divorces, I did child custody cases, I did criminal defense, I did uh, local government, government work, I did some personal injury work. Uh, I did just about, I did some administrative appeals, I did some workers' compensation cases. If there was a case that came through the door, I pretty much did it. Ultimately, though, I found out that that was not uh, my passion to focus on everything. I felt like I was so scattered that I couldn't be really good at one given thing. I was spending a majority of my time trying to figure out what the process was in this particular case or what the elements of that crime are or how are they going to prove this or uh, how am I going to prove that. And it was, it was all too scattered for me. And I, I realized something about myself that I needed to focus on one distinct body of law. And for some people, maybe it works uh, for them to do a little bit of everything. You know, they sometimes where they say uh, variety is the spice of life. Well, for some people that may be so, but for me, I like a routine. I, I like some consistency. I, I like to be really good at one thing instead of a, a jack of all trades, master of none. So uh, that's exactly what I felt like. So I started saying no to the cases that I didn't care for. I didn't care for criminal defense. It was That was really not my passion. I didn't necessarily care for the uh, domestic relations and family law cases that I was doing. I, I, even and Even though the administrative appeals were uh, pretty technical I, and, and complex. I didn't really care for those either. But I found myself drawn to the injury-type cases and the disability-type cases. So I started doing those, and I started getting really good at them. And I started figuring out, this is what I want to do. So I started saying no to all those other cases that I didn't care for, all of the domestic cases, the wills, the estate planning uh, the criminal defense, the local government work, it just didn't fit who I wanted to be. So as I started saying no to that, I started to envision what it would look like if all I did was injury and disability work, and how do I get there? If this is where I ended, I want to end up, 
back that up and figure out what do I have to do today in order to achieve that result. And it's the same deal when you think about how am I going to win this case. You have to look at the big picture and then you have to break it down into smaller parts and start accomplishing one task after another task after another task. And ultimately, the big victory is just one task away. So I started looking at my entire practice as a whole and I ultimately decided with Kelly that we were going to open up our own law firm so that we can be an injury and disability law firm exclusively. I didn't want to do the general practice of law anymore. I didn't want to take cases that I didn't want to take anymore. And the only way to be the master of your own destiny is to take control of it and to do your own thing. So my dad always taught me, uh, to go get your education so that you don't have to work for anyone else but yourself for the rest of your life. And he, I, I can't tell you how many times he told me that. Uh, my dad was a master at pretty much anything he put his mind to, but he never went to college, uh, never got his degree, uh, and he, he never got to a place where he could be his own boss like that, and he wanted that for me. So... Uh, with all that in the background, Kelly and I decided that this was the time in summer of 2017. Now is the time. If we're going to do this, it's the time is now. There is no time like the present. So we started uh, the process. I left my firm. We opened up our own firm, um, and we just started doing nothing but injury and disability cases. So we have been working on that for the last almost three years uh, doing our own thing. Uh, Kelly has been uh, out of law school and practicing uh, on and off for the last 13 years, and I've been uh, doing it for the, uh, the last 12 years. And today we have uh, one associate, a paralegal, and a settlement manager that work with us as, a, as our team to help accomplish amazing results for our clients. So that is a background of who I am and how I got to be to where I am today. But ultimately, I think that people want to know who their lawyer is. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter who you are uh, if you cannot get the result that you want to get. So a couple of things that I want to talk about now, not only who I am, but how does that help you accomplish your ultimate goal and your ultimate results. And I kind of want to take this time to talk about who a lawyer is and why you should and should not hire someone. And I think that could be a crucial point in your life. Most people only have one, maybe two legal dilemmas in their life where they need to hire a lawyer. Let me rephrase that. Let me repeat that. Most people only have one, maybe two legal dilemmas where they need to hire an attorney to represent them. So thinking about that, when someone comes to Osterbein Law and they're asking for representation, in the back of my mind, I, I'm thinking this is probably the most significant legal battle this person will ever experience. So when they come into my office and they're asking for advice, I know that I have a duty to give them good advice and advice that will help them as a human being not advice that will line my pockets or help me as a business, small business owner or a lawyer. My decisions, my advice are not designed to help me, but to, to help other people. So when I tell you that I'm, I'm starting this podcast to help 
people in Central Virginia understand what their rights are and to understand what they're entitled to and to understand who their lawyer is. I'm telling you this from a very sincere place in my heart where I feel like people make poor decisions because they don't have enough information. Information inequality is a huge problem in our legal system, a huge problem in our legal system. And free information should not be a novelty. As lawyers, we have an obligation to inform our community, to help them understand what's going on in their lives, to help them understand new laws and complex areas of the law in ways that will help them make good legal decisions, sometimes without an attorney. Now, let me be clear, because I'm an attorney, I have to give this disclaimer. Anything that is said on this podcast is not legal advice. It is legal information. And there is a difference between legal advice and legal information. And I'll tell you what that difference is. Legal advice is specific to your particular fact pattern. You've given me information, facts about what you were experiencing, and I have given you legal advice tailored to your scenario. Legal information is general information useful for the general public. So what I say may not be helpful for you in your particular situation. You still need to seek the advice of a good attorney who is not going to take advantage of you. And if you need a good recommendation, call me. We have a laundry list of good attorneys who will give you good advice and who will not take advantage of you. But what I tell you on this podcast is not legal advice. It is not intended as legal advice. It is not intended to create a a lawyer-attorney-client relationship. I am not your attorney simply because you listened to this podcast or maybe you went on my website. That is not the purpose of what we're doing here. The purpose of what we're doing here is to give you good legal information that will ultimately lead you down the right path. And maybe that right path is hiring hiring a good lawyer to help you understand really what the law means in your particular situation. Or maybe what I tell you will help you understand the law enough to say, I don't necessarily need that, uh, or I can handle this on my own. So with that said, what should you be looking for in an attorney that you are going to hire or that you possibly might need to hire because of a legal situation in your life? So I created a list a list of six things that I think you need to consider before you hire an attorney to represent you. And the first thing is that you want your attorney to be real. That's easy enough, right? You want your attorney to be real. And what I mean by that is you want someone who's going to be honest, upfront, who's going to tell you the truth and is a generally a real person. There are so many fake people in this world. Don't hire a fake person. And you can tell, you can tell if people are fake. You can tell if they're trying to create some aura of uh, amazingness and they walk into the room and they think they're the best thing since sliced bread. Those people are fake. Don't deal with fake people. Who wants to 
deal with fake people. I don't want to deal with fake people. I don't want clients who are fake people. I want real people, people who are honest, people who are hardworking, people who will put their nose to the grindstone and get stuff done. That's the people I want to deal with. Those are the people I want to associate with. You are who your five closest friends are, right? So if you look at the people that you hang around with, that is who you are going to be. Are, are you going to be spending a lot of time with your attorney? Is that person going to influence who you are as a human being? Then you, do, you want to deal with a real person, not someone who is fake, who wears all the shiny things, who walks with a swagger, who um, always has the perfectly pressed uh, shirt and suit and everything on. Now you want someone who looks nice. You don't want the slob of the bunch. Um, so you want to make sure that you want someone who takes some pride in, in their appearance. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gaudy uh, things that people just wear to show off. Showing off gaudy things is not real. Be real. Be honest. The second thing that I'll say that you want to look for and a lawyer before you hire that lawyer is you want to look for someone who who specializes in the area of law that in which you need representation. You need someone who is knowledgeable about those particular cases. You don't want to deal with someone in a personal injury case who in the very next breath is going to be talking about some real estate closing that they've been doing. I, let me ha let me just say this, and I might spark some outrage with this, and some people might not be happy with me, but you are not a personal injury lawyer if you're also doing domestic relations cases, and at the same time, you're taking criminal defense cases, and at the same time, you're defending traffic tickets, and at the same time, you are doing real estate closings, and at the same time, you're doing estate planning. I got news for you. You are a general practice attorney. You are not a personal injury attorney. You're not a real estate attorney. You're not a estate planning attorney. You're a general practice attorney. And there's nothing wrong with that. You could be a general practice attorney. Maybe that's you. You do you and I'll do me. But I think that you need to look at each particular person and say, does this person have the knowledge and the specialization to handle my claim effectively? Not only can you uh, be a blind squirrel who finds a nut every once in a while, but can you do it consistently? Do you do these enough to understand the issues that can creep up and arise and cause cases to sink? Even the best case can sink. You want to, you want someone on your side who has the experience and the knowledge to handle those minefields with genuine ability based on knowledge gained from repetitive action. That is the person that you're looking for to represent you in your case. The third thing that you want to look for in an attorney is are they accessible? Will they return my phone call? Will they deal with an issue that comes up in my case timely? Will they answer my emails? Will they uh, share with me the documents that are going in and out of the office? I cannot tell you how many people I've spoken to over the years who have hired these uh, old school lawyers who don't do everything electronically and they have no idea what's going on with their case. I even uh, met with one lady a while back and I couldn't do anything to help her because I don't do legal malpractice cases, but hired this attorney who did not do anything electronically, did everything on paper, had no online case management system, 
and the guy missed the statute of limitations. What am I supposed to do with that? I cannot help you at this point. Your only option is now to sue the lawyer for legal malpractice. And the only thing that I can say is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. But what you want to look for is you want to look for someone who is going to be accessible to you, who will respond to your inquiries, and who will instantaneously tell you what's going on with your case by using technology. You know, one of the things that we use at Osterbein Law is a case management system called MyCase. So whenever we get a new document in a case, we upload that to our case management system day that it comes in. It gets stamped with the date that it comes in. It gets uploaded and, and uh, filed in, the, in our case management system. That's how I view our mail. That's how our clients view their mail. It's automatically shared with them. So they always know that something is going on in their case and they always know what has come in and what has gone out because we share that with them right away. There is no two to three, five, seven day lag because I sent a copy through the U.S. Postal Service. Maybe that would never get there because the U.S. Postal Service is sometimes reliable and sometimes things just get lost. So you want someone who's going to be accessible, who takes your case seriously enough to invest in technology that will keep you automatically informed as to the status of your case. The fourth thing that I recommend that you look for in an attorney is that you have that, that attorney has the resources to handle your case. And I'll particularly talk about uh, when it comes to personal injury cases, workers' compensation cases, medical malpractice cases are a big one. Um, but you don't want to deal with an attorney in one of those types of cases who does not have the resources to accomplish the result that you need to accomplish. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. These cases can get very expensive. To, to handle the run-of-the-mill personal injury case, you can spend anywhere from three to 10 to 15, sometimes $20,000 to try one of these cases. And you know what? The lawyer has to front that money because most people who are injured in accidents can't afford to foot that bill. And if you can afford to foot that bill, maybe you can go hire the, the lawyer who doesn't have the resources. But I imagine if, you're, if you have the resources to front that bill, you're going to be looking for someone else who has the resources to front that bill too. So you, you hire an attorney who has the resources to advance those costs to you so that you can pursue your case uh, without having to take out a massive loan. That cost advance is reimbursed from the amount uh, recovered from your case. So if you if you have to spend $10,000 to try a case and you get $100,000, the Virginia State Bar is very clear that a cost like that is much different than a fee. So this is another thing that I tell people that most lawyers won't tell you. It's, it's cost and fee are two very different things. So if you have a $100,000 case and your lawyer's fee is a third, the fee is what is $33,000. $333.33. The cost was $10,000. So how much does your lawyer take out of that recovery? $43,333.33. That's how you do the math. And there are so many lawyers in our very own community that will advertise to you that if you, if you don't win your case, if there's no recovery, there's no fee. The Virginia State Bar has called that per se deceptive. 
Let me say that again. That is per se deceptive. That means it's automatically deceptive. If you if you just say no recovery, no free, no fee, then according to the Virginia State Bar, you are being deceptive because the average person does not distinguish between a fee and a cost. And if you're listening to this and you're hearing this for the first time, consider yourself educated now as to what the Virginia State Bar requires that lawyers say. That's why you'll never see an advertisement come from Osterbein Law that says no recovery, no fee. The reason is it's per se deceptive. And you won't find small print at the bottom of the page from me that says, oh, by the way, you'll still owe us cost. You'll see that in big, bold letters because I'm honest and I'll Tell you, tell you like it is, and I'll tell you the truth, because that's what the Virginia State Bar requires of us. So let's just re, re, recap here the first four. You want someone who's going to be real and honest. That's number one. You want someone who specializes in that body of law and who's knowledgeable of that body of law. You want someone who's going to be accessible to you and who will keep you reasonably informed as to the status of your case at all times. Four, you want someone who is going to have the resources to handle your case for you. Now let's go on to five. You want to check the reviews and the experience on the lawyer before you hire them. Just like you would go check the reviews for a new um, stove or a new microwave or a new car, whatever it is, or a new cell phone, whatever it is that you might want to buy that's a large purchase, you need to consider hiring a lawyer just like a large purchase. Now, I'm a lawyer, so I don't want to be treated like a commodity. I don't want to be treated like I am an item that is purchased. But at the same time, we are selling a service. Lawyers sell you on a service. And if we're going to be providing a service for you for a fee, we ought to have a track record of making people happy. And the honest truth is you can't make everybody happy. You can see a review for a new sofa on Amazon with that with, you know, 700 five-star reviews, but you're still going to have that one guy who says, oh, there's a one-star review. This couch was terrible. It, it wasn't the right color. It looked weird in my room. And when I put it together, it didn't work. And that Eeyore personality, that woe is me uh, personality who uh, has nothing but bad things to say. And lawyers ha- experience those people too. I try my best to stay away from those people, but sometimes uh, my compassion gets the better of me and I try to help everybody. So there may be reviews out there, people that, that are not happy with me, but there are other people out there who are very happy with me. And the news is I do the same thing in every case. I mean, we have a system that we follow in every single case and we accomplish the results that the system produces. And you are as good as your system. So you want a lawyer who has a good system in place to make sure that things get done, tasks get done. You see that big picture, that end result that you want to achieve. You break out all the tasks necessary to accomplish that result and you steadily but surely complete each and every one. So check the reviews, check the experience of that lawyer. If the lawyer is not um, getting a bunch of reviews on the internet, ask for some uh, some clients to uh, ask around, to talk about, ask your friends, ask your family. Find someone who specializes or uh, focuses on a given practice area and then ask around about that person. If you hear bad things, don't hire them. Or 
If you hear bad things from the Eeyore personality, just ignore it. Ask the people who are real people, who are honest people, who see things for how they are. So number five, check the reviews. Number six, please, for crying out loud, choose someone local. I have, I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I'm a personal injury lawyer, but people come to me after hiring someone out of town uh, for a Lynchburg, Campbell, Bedford, Amherst, uh, Appomattox uh, accident, Franklin County accident, Halifax, all these places. You know, we go to these places here in Central Virginia and we take pride in knowing our jurisdictions. You're not going to find us in Virginia Beach or Northern Virginia. I don't know those people up there. I don't know the judges up there. They don't know me. So, you know, it's one thing to know the law. It's another thing to know the judge. Uh, I've I've got a plaque in my office that says, good lawyers know the law, great lawyers know the judge. And that's not going to do me any favors in the courtroom. Our judges are fair. They're impartial. They're not going to give anyone favors. They're going to treat me just like they treat anybody else. But when I speak, hopefully, because they know me, they'll listen. Uh, And I generally know what their rulings are going to be. I don't always know what their rulings are going to be, but generally I have a good idea of which way a given judge is going to lean in any given uh, issue because I know the judges, I know their backgrounds, I know their experience. I've appeared in front of them numbers and numbers of times. I can't even count. I probably should have started counting how many trials I've had, how many uh, hearings I've had. I just never did that. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not one to um, pound my chest on, on my accomplishments or anything like that. So um, I, I'll do that to the extent necessary that people need to know. I'll ask people for uh, a review if if um, if I need to, but you know what? I, I just don't feel the uh, need to go out there and pound my chest on on things that don't matter because you can say I've done thousands of jury trials. So, did you do any that were that were good? Uh, it doesn't matter how many you've done. You want people to sing your praises. It's 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 the third party out there uh, who doesn't stand to gain anything from making that recommendation that you want to listen to when you're talking about that. But you want to find someone local because if you go to Richmond or if you go to Roanoke or Charlottesville to hire a lawyer to handle a case in the city of Lynchburg or Campbell County or Bedford County, um, then you might not be getting the best legal advice because those lawyers might not know the judge. Now, that lawyer that lawyer that you particularly have, that lawyer might know the judge. That lawyer might have a history in that courtroom. Uh, so I think it's important to ask that. If you're in a car accident in Campbell County and you go to Roanoke uh, to hire a lawyer, ask have you been in front of this judge? Do you know what this judge is generally doing in these situations? And if the answer is yes, um, you know, for the most part, you can take the lawyer for their word. But uh, for if you don't get a good feeling, then go ask somebody else. Uh, make sure that you trust your instinct, trust your gut before you hire an attorney. Ultimately, to sum all of these things up, you want someone who's going to do a good job for you. But just like you're buying a new couch or just like you're buying a new car, you want to get the car facts. You want to know what that car has been through. Has it been in an accident? Uh, has that 
Has that car had mechanical difficulties? Uh, has that car even driven through snow before? Is it capable of driven, driving through snow? Does it have four-wheel four drive? You know, those are the things that you want to know before you buy a car that you need to drive in the snow. So, you know, those sort of things I think are helpful, just like buying a new couch or buying a new car. Hiring a lawyer is just as important, even, even more important in a lot of these things. The degree of your uh, legal dispute is probably the greatest legal dispute of your life. You will hire an attorney one, maybe two, maybe three times if you are particularly litigious. Or maybe you have run into someone else who is particularly litigious. So the, the likelihood of you going through this experience multiple times is uh, very small. So take your time when you hire an attorney, but don't sit on your hands. Make sure that you do the hard work that you need to do to make sure that you're making a good decision. decision. So... I hope that this helps. You know, just to uh, summarize what we talked about in this podcast, I am Brandon Osterbein. I'm a local personal injury workers' compensation med mal and ERISA disability attorney. We only focus on injury and disability cases. Uh, we uh, handle those cases because they fit within the umbrella of cases that we're passionate about. We're passionate about helping people who are injured or disabled recover, regain financial dignity which helps you regain general dignity in your life. You, you have value. We believe that every person has God-given value. And our job as attorneys is to pull that out of you, to help you redeem that which has been lost. So let us help you in that situation, whatever situation you might be in, or if you know someone who's in a situation, they need some good advice. We don't charge for our free strategy sessions. We will give you direction uh, and we will let you know exactly what you need to do without the need of hiring an attorney. That's the promise that we make to whoever comes into contact with us. We are bound and determined to help regardless of financial gain. If you need a good referral, uh, to another attorney who can handle your estate planning, who can handle your domestic relations issues or criminal defense case or a business uh, issue. We don't handle those cases, but we know good lawyers who do. Give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. And thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Brandon Osterbein. Thanks for listening to the Insight to Injury podcast by Osterbind Law PLLC, where we declare mortal combat against information inequality about your injury or disability. We hope you enjoyed this show, but don't stop here. Don't stop here. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star review. We need your help so that we can help more people.